Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And you know what? Podcasting is really, really <laughs> hard, Shelby. You have to book the guests. You have to make a spreadsheet. It's crazy. <laughs> honestly, honestly, though, honestly, true, true, honestly, true, honestly. Never have I been more seen in a film than when Rachel Sennett was talking about how difficult putting a podcast yeah. together was. I was like. <laughs> It is one of the hardest jobs out there. It's, yeah. And people aren't talking about that. We, we had are to braver work... than the U.S. Marines, well, honestly. I mean, y- uh, yes. Frankly, yes. Um, <laughs> Hands down. We're no definitely um, braver than regular police. And <laughs> we also did have to keep going through the pandemic. So really, we're yeah. essential workers slash first <laughs> responders in some ways. We don't sleep. You know, the grind goes on. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it really does. And I think our our art speaks for itself, you know? I have to – every now and again, Shelby will text me and say, hey, take a bunch of selfies for the <laughs> – photoshopping i have to do that we have to go watch these movies we have to take notes sometimes yeah and you know what's funny is my local theater did not list this as a movie and i was like holy crap i'm gonna have to reschedule this again but then in the 11th hour thursday it's like okay fine here's some show time so i got to see it oh my gosh we almost had to i know can you Um, imagine bodies 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 For those of you who are unaware, is A24's newest horror film. I, as an A24 (laughs) horror aficionado who's watched every single one of their horror movies and ranked them for BuzzFeed. Oh, that's right. Was very excited to see this. This got very good reviews coming out of Sundance. Or no, I think South by Southwest, actually, earlier this year. Um, But then took its sweet old time coming out in theaters. I was looking forward to it. The basic premise is seven sort of privileged um, Gen Z rich kids all decide that some of them are upper middle class. Okay. Yes, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, They all decide they're going to weather out a hurricane together at one of their mansions and they're playing a like party game called bodies, 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 which is sort of similar to like, uh, murder in the dark or mafia or you know those kind of games where it's like everybody has to go hide and then someone like kills somebody you know by like tapping on the yeah. shoulder and then you have to figure out who did it so they're gonna play one of those and then people start dying in the house and they have to figure out who is actually killing people <laughs> yeah but, very alarming but the ca- the i mean the writing is so well i guess shelby what did you think about this because you don't typically like horror movies and i said well this is like sort of a horror comedy it's not too jump scary it's not too gory necessarily um you should go see it we should talk about it everybody this is done very well Um, (laughs) this is top 10 oscar award-winning like this is hereditary 2.0 that's what you said yeah yeah um no it was fun i wasn't nervous going into it i felt like i understood the vibe from the trailer that this wasn't like scary horror like this is very much comedy even compared to something like ready or not which is 
watchable and kind of more like more gory. That's though. more gory. That's more scary. And even scream is more scary too. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to think of a. I was a, a friend was asking if it was worth like seeing, and I was like trying to think of a similar vibey movie because it is kind of like your classic teen comedy, like sort of satire. But it's also technically a horror, but it's not like I wouldn't classify this as scary. I was never nervous. I was never like there was never any jump scare that got me or whatever. Like it wasn't it was easy to watch, but it was very funny. I feel like maybe maybe a comp would be like the hunt, except this is in a league of its own, like yes. <laughs> way better. Um, and I liked it. I mean, it was it's very simple, very straightforward. It's an easy 90 minutes. Um, the action happens fast. It's like, it's very much just an excuse to watch Gen Z thoughts. And I, I like, it feels like a parody, but it also feels very like honest and true to itself. And so that was funny to see a little bit of myself reflected back and this like constant, I don't know, self-aggrandizing in the way we talk and process things and, you know, oh, the buzzwords like trauma and toxic and gaslighting and all this made it interesting. I think the cast was really strong. I I still don't get the Pete Davidson thing, I'll be honest, but I do get the Lee Pace thing. So that was a nice addition, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, I think the cast is very, very good and sort of like a lot of up and comers kind of bringing different energies to it so it's like the two men are pete davidson obviously famous for just dating kim kardashian and lee pace who you definitely have seen being tall things yeah he was in pushing daisies way back when um i'm trying to think of what he was like i literally was trying to describe to rob i was like you'd you'd know him but i couldn't think of a single movie like that i would tie him to this is saying he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. He was like that tall oh. alien person. Um, yeah. He has a very distinctive voice and he's very tall, Has looks good in shorts. Like he's, he's the a Hobbit Twitter movies, uh, husband. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's Captain like. Captain Marvel. Yeah. I know him from Pushing Daisies. That's the main thing that I know him from. He's Is he the main gay. guy? Yes. The baker. Oh, yeah. The pie baker. Wow, that's that's interesting. But then the rest of the cast is so is five girls. Uh, there's Amanda Stenberg, who was Rue in The Hunger Games and was also in um, The Hate You Give. I actually saw her at a live recording of the Trevor Noah show, like promoting this movie two weeks ago. Oh. So. I got to briefly see her in the flesh. Um, Then Maria Bakalova, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the second Borat movie, is also in it. Then there's Mahalia Harold. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce her name. But she, I feel like, is is having a moment because she's also in the show Industry, is the main girl in that show. The HBO show about, like, the finance world. And at least here in New York... The first season, I feel like, didn't get much attention, but the second season is coming out, and I don't know if it's that she's in this, and then people are going to industry, or she's in industry, and but they're like, I feel like that show is sort of blowing up at the moment in its second season because she's in that, and then there's Rachel Senate, who I think steals bodies, 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 like every scene that she's in, she's actually actively immaculate, but she was in the movie Shiva Baby, 
which if you haven't seen, you should also watch because she's very good in that. That's about a girl who goes to a funeral wake Shiva and realizes that her parents are there, but also her um, sort of like ex girlfriend is there. She's bisexual. And so then also her current like sugar daddy is there and also the sugar daddy's wife and child. And so she's trying to like navigate this, Oh, wow. I had no idea that's what that was about. Where everybody's (laughs) sad, but then it's also like super awkward and kind of a funny comedy at the same time as she's running into all of these people. And then um, there's Chase Suey Wonders, who is from the show Generation that was on HBO that was also really bad and got canceled. But Mm. so a little bit of everything. Yeah. In the cast. Yeah. And they all have their different like personality tropes. But what I liked about the movie is that no one felt too exaggerated. Like it felt like a group of people you'd actually know, you'd actually meet the way they'd actually talk. Like it didn't feel like something like Scream where it's more campy and kind of exaggerated for comedy's effect. It was like, it felt like they had a handle on who they were. I don't know how it was written or if a lot of it was ad-libbed or whatever, like, I just think it all felt really believable as far as their, like, conversing goes. Yeah, the script is really good. I read that a lot of it sort of was ad-libbing or they had a lot of that going on. And then also that the director slash screenwriters would, like, kind of just hang out with the cast during, like, breaks and stuff and sort of, like, listen to what they were saying and then sort of incorporate some of those bits into the movie, which I feel like sort of sounds kind of pretentious and like something you would say <laughs> yeah. later on yeah. on a press tour, but I, I mean, it feels like like similar to how Clueless captured this like 90s vibe and they did something similar where they realize, they would like hear people talk and they'd be like, oh my gosh, have her say like as if like have her say these weird things we're hearing around the street. So it obviously maybe in a couple years it will feel very dated. Obviously maybe Gen Z does feel like this is over the top. This isn't realistic. But I think as a piece, it does a good job of capturing the sort of zeitgeist of today and the youth culture and the um, kind of prioritization of this performative um, kind of social justice warrior. I I don't know. I think the part that was most, that felt most interesting to me was this attitude of, you know, we used to think that like privilege or like wealth was a good thing. And, you know, sort of like if you were wealthy, you touted that as much as possible. Um, I mean, obviously still a lot of people still do that. But I mean, even with like the Taylor Swift private jet thing like where I feel like 10 years ago that would have been oh wow like you can afford a private jet that's like great now it's sort of um looked down on as a little bit icky and so you have these people who are very privileged who then kind of understand that it's a little bit taboo to be so privileged and so have to kind of come up with ways in which they're not privileged or sort of like deny their privilege and appear more like do-goody or more like okay well I'm privileged but I actually have like this problem this problem this problem to sort of like it's like reverse clout in a way almost like rather than bragging about your private jet like 
there are circles of the internet, you know, where you kind of like brag about the, the uh, not like necessarily being poor, but sort of like obstacles you've overcome. Yeah. And yeah. so to watch these group of people who are all very privileged sort of be like, well, I'm not the privileged one. You're the privileged one is yeah. an interesting dynamic that I think is very true to life because I have definitely been in those conversations or with people <laughs> like that in New York who are sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, life is tough for you, but I mean, it's really tough for me. It's yeah. like, well, no, you're like, you live in a two bedroom apartment in Tribeca. So <laughs> I don't think that it's the same. Yeah. Well, and it all starts out with a very familiar, like, no matter what um, generation you're from, but this, like the, at the beginning, there's a lot of like, um, generalized tension that seems to be around uh Amanda's relationship with everyone else she hasn't been responding in the group chat it's like she was just in rehab and it seems like she fell off the face of the earth people didn't expect her to come to this party she shows up with her new girlfriend and clearly most of the people there are irritated with her but they never like really address it they just kind of like make sort of snarky comments micro microaggressiony um kind of passive aggressive pokes and prods but it's all just like this very familiar like friendship experience where you're just like like whatever I'll bury it like let's just get through this let's have a good time in spite of and so I liked that that it starts out with this kind of big arching feeling but then as people start to die as the pretense of safety and familial bonds kind of break down it becomes more and more targeted about these people's specifics specific irritations and trigger points and just like wow do we all really hate each other at the heart of it like <laughs> push comes to shove is it gonna be that easy to just like tear each other apart because we're just so sick of the pretense well it feels sort of like a eugene o'neill play or something in, <laughs> in that regard where you know that something has happened and you're like what is the thing that like what is the history that we haven't gotten and you just know that at some point someone is gonna blow up and be like you killed my mom or you know whatever yeah. like they do in in a play and it's i think is very well done in that regard of like it's simmering in the background and then at a certain yeah. point everything does come out and you're like oh wow okay yes 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 yeah well and the funniest parts the most fun parts are them talking to each other and kind of like either pushing them towards the cliff or trying to pull them back from it. Like a lot of it is hinted at in the trailer, but just these sort of like one-to-one showdowns where they're talking over each other. They're yelling about what's making them mad. They're using their little buzzwords. And I felt like that was the most fascinating part um, where the movie kind of fizzled for me was basically the, the kills and the, the central tension like didn't always work. Um, like, there were just moments where it was just kind of, I, I don't know if I want to say obvious, but it was just like, it seemed more and more apparent that these people were causing their own problems <laughs> in a way where if they would just sit down and talk about it, like, none of them would be dead, right? Like, it just seemed like, obviously, that was the point, that was the joke, that was the issue. But it started to kind of drag as these deaths were happening, because it's like, okay, like, where are we going to get to? Um, I don't know if I agree with that or not necessarily. Like, 
so I guess if we do, we're talking about spoilers for what happens yeah, let's in it. Do it. Um, so the first person who dies is, well, they're all like playing this game in the dark and then they find Pete Davidson like bleeding out at the neck. Um, he, like he's had his throat slashed. And well, first so- they have a big fight. They get a big fight for different reasons. Pete right. Davidson goes off. The girls are all together and then the power cuts. Yes. But then as far as the first kill, it's him. Um, yeah. and, but Lee Pace's character isn't with them at that point yeah. so they think oh well it must have been lee pace so they go to find lee pace and then um the maria bakalova's character sort of like in a scuffle of them confronting him bludgeons him in the back of the head with a kettlebell and so then they're down both of the guys and then it's like the five girls left and then i feel like we have a while where it's sort of them looking around they're worried about stuff that's is that when they try to go get in the car or maybe they're in the car? Yeah. Uh, there's just like, there's a while well, where they it's... try to go to the car first. There's like, it is weird because it's kind of like low tension. Like there's low stakes. It feels like for a while because they're not sure what happened. Like it's not like your usual stalker murderer, like no. scream moment where there's a big kill and everyone's like, oh my gosh, we're being hunted. So when they first see it, they go to the car. The battery's dead because of an earlier incident. They go back inside. They're looking for um, the sad girl. Can't find her for a minute. Find her. Then they're like, oh, my gosh, we have to go find Lee Pace. And they find him and then get in a showdown. And it's very confusing because in Lee's mind, he left them playing a game where everyone was getting heated and overdramatic. So he thought, is this part of it? And I think that was interesting because... It was like clear he wasn't, but the the hysteria of the moment just like led to worse and worse decisions. And I saw a bunch of reviewers pointing out that he's the generational difference, right? Like he's yeah. clearly older and there's this clear inability to communicate that is highlighted in an interesting and kind of funny and then ultimately ugh, sad fashion. So you feel for the guy, poor little veterinarian. Um and you're also like, wow, these girls, they need some help. They need some therapy. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. that was an extreme well, actually, reaction. They're probably all in therapy if you think about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I but then like after him, at some point. they're all like, they're all upset and looking for someone to blame. And there's always mention of this other guy, Max or someone who was supposedly there before but stormed off after a fight with Pete Davidson. So they're like, is he back? Is he – he was really mad. Like, he might be stalking us. And Or, um, or at least he might have killed Pete Davidson. Because yeah. at that point, they're not really concerned about a stalker too much. I mean, right. they are, but they're not because it's only one person. I mean, because they're the ones who killed Lee Pace and they yeah. were there for it. But <laughs> then we get another of the girls who – like falls down a flight of stairs or her body's found at the bottom of a flight of stairs. And it's unclear on like if she was pushed or thrown or killed or not killed. And I feel like this is when it moves into, I feel like the best scene of the movie, which is like the four girls who are left sort of all like screaming at each other. And this is when they unpack all of their past trauma and it sort of all comes out in different ways. And I thought that scene was so well done and so interesting and well-written. Yeah. Well, first they like turn on the main, the main girl, the, the literal foreigner. They're like, "Mm, 
we actually judged you and we looked you up and you're not who you say you are. You're lying. Why are you lying? They kick her out of the house and she – there's like this moment where she goes back to the car. Like that was where I was confused with what they were doing with her character because after the first death – or no, after she kills Lee Pace, they tell her to go change and she does – and then did she put on makeup or did they just think she did because she had a clean face? No, I think she did put on makeup. Yeah, and that was interesting. And so that was sort of like a, oh, are you a psychopath? Like, why are you doing this type thing? And so they they throw her out and she goes back to the car. And I wasn't sure like what the point of that is because she immediately goes back in the house through the doggy door and accuses the um, the one girl of having a gun. And then they have the showdown. And so that whole like, like I do agree that that fight scene was the best. And they have this, this really powerful sort of like <laughs> the complexities of female friendship uh, breakdown that I really admired and that didn't feel too hokey or caricature-y. But I was kind of confused by the main character, I guess, overall. Of the Maria Bakalova character? Yeah. Yeah, I was also kind of confused with her. I mean, I think they bring her in because they want, like, an outsider in the group. Mm-hmm. And the thought is, is oh, well, like, all the rest of us may have drama, but, like, at least we know each other well. And we yeah. actually know nothing about this other person who's here. And there's and she's, like, a little bit creepy. But, like, is she creepy because she's from a different place? Because she's also yeah. foreign? Or is she creepy because that's her personality or is she like not really creepy at all um and then yeah you sort of because there's like a lot of following her around and her like staring at people or catching glimpses of shadows in hallways and I wasn't it like the directing of the film I wasn't sure if the other characters were seeing her or if she was hidden in the dark because sometimes it would seem like they both made eye contact and then they just left her. But then other times I was like, no, they didn't see her. But then what was the point of us seeing her see them? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, she she's like the outsider and she's the person that we're yeah. following through all of this. So or through a lot of it, at least. So she is like, I think, sort of supposed to be a like stand in yeah. for the audience members or for the viewers. But yeah, I don't I don't know exactly like why she had to go to the car and then come back. Um cuz I frankly, if I were in her shoes, I would have stayed in the car. Like I didn't understand cuz she also- saw the panties and she went back, but then she didn't ever she didn't confront her girlfriend about the panties until like way later. So I I guess I just wish I, I had she, understood her motivation and sticking around. But I think she also didn't want to be in the car because she was worried that the killer might be out there. Yeah, but she thought the killer – she ultimately thought the killer was the uh, – I guess that's – well, then did she go back to warn her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what she says she went back for. But it was just – I wish – because what I liked at the beginning part, this first half, is that her confusion felt – palpable like it felt earned like we were there with her like holy shit what if we were at this party that went so wrong people started dying and you killed someone and it's like how did this happen like what I wouldn't want to linger with these people you know like I would be like huh, uh I'm gonna go sit in a closet and and pray for the best you know like which I understand doesn't make a good movie but I think what was I understood why she was you know following them around for the rest of the movie but I was confused during that blip of like 
oh, they they cut me out, but I'm going to crawl back in now and have this showdown. But then also it seemed like the tension with her I, became that the one character is like, guess who? Guess what? Your girlfriend's a liar. She slept with me the day before bringing you here. You should check her text. And that becomes like a thing. So then I was like, well, what was the point of the panties reveal? Like what was <laughs> – I'm sick of saying panties. I – I watched this movie like a month ago and okay. screaming, and I truly do not remember having any issues with following any of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so it it, it uh, wasn't. I want to say it wasn't an issue. It was more curious about who was following where and why and whatnot. I, feel I just like the I I think it highlighted how much more mesmerizing the known friends were like especially in that showdown that i wish she had had a little bit more obvious she was the least interesting person in the group but i also think that part of the reason why she was the least interesting person is because she had the least history with everybody else the reason why all of the rest of the friends were so fascinating was because like they all knew so much about each other and had so much history that they had like really nasty dirt that they could throw at each other when they wanted to, to hurt somebody. Um, So, you know, they could bring up like, Oh, well you had an eating disorder and you went to rehab and you know, (laughs) like, and she doesn't even like your podcast. She's like, makes fun of it behind (laughs) your back. And these kind of things that like you, they knew would hurt the other person. The, the unstoppable eye roll was pretty funny when, She's like, you just rolled your eyes. And she's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, you know, I have to make guests and stretch it. And then she rolls her eyes yes. again. It's like the stakes are so high, but they're so self-absorbed that they can't stop for a single minute to like con- take control of a situation and just like take a breather and be like, maybe this isn't the time to do this. And and obviously that worked to make a compelling sort of dark comedy. Um, but then it is like, man, this – like. I guess I'm curious how you felt about the ending because the futility of it all is sort of the joke, but then it's also like, uh, like the drone of it all too. I, so I, I loved the movie like completely was fully on board with it up through, I guess when it was the final three of them left because so they're sort of then it's, it's revealed that the ex-girlfriend has a gun um, that she then they're trying to like sort of tussle to get it away from her. She shoots Rachel Senate. Rachel Senate dies. Then the three of the rest of them are all sort of like tussling and they toss the ex-girlfriend over a balcony and she dies like on a table. Um, saying recheck her text. Yeah, saying check her text. <laughs> Very melodramatic. And final at some words. point in the middle of between like Rachel Senate dying and the ex-girlfriend dying, I had a flashback to our oft-mentioned film, The Package, from <laughs> the old Netflix. Yes, and, a classic. And the scene in, in The Package where the boy is like flinging the sword around and accidentally cuts off his penis. And I was like, oh, I bet that's what happened with Pete Davidson. Yeah. I bet that actually he cut yeah. himself accidentally with the sword and because everybody else in this has sort of died has either been we've seen be murdered by someone or in the case of the girl on the stairs it's like well we knew that they gave her some drugs and maybe she fell down the stairs and she was also in a bad place so at that point i was like i think that this was all 
like a ruse. And then I feel like the maybe 10 minutes between when I figured that out and when it was revealed through the Pete Davidson video, like TikTok video on his phone that he had indeed sliced himself in the throat. (laughs) I was a little bit like, okay, I know, like I know where this is going, but I did like the ending sort of as a piece of commentary, but also I do think like, it's an interesting and sort of clever move to have this horror movie where most of the time you are worried about, you know, is it an outside person? Is it someone who's in the group? And in actuality, it's not a horror movie at all. It's a movie about, you know, stupid people <laughs> making these terrible choices. It felt to me like sort of a Coen Brothers movie, you know, something like Fargo or Burn After Reading, where these characters who are, Uh, like self-absorbed and stupid end up creating so much trouble for themselves out of nothing when they did not need to. And so I liked the ending and I thought like it worked. Uh, There was just like maybe 10 minutes in there towards the end where I was sort of like, okay. Um, But then once we got to the ending and, you know, the two of them are sort of like fighting over the phone and the final guy like walks in and is like, Hey, what's going on and they sort of have a look like uh, like, like we could explain um i like that <laughs> i felt like the look was more like holy shit there's this was all for nothing there's no way to explain this like what did we what did we do type of uh i mean yes but you know that they're not just going to like take responsibility i mean like they are <laughs> but they're too privileged to just be like wow we screwed that up like uh, we yeah. killed five of our friends we're off to jail <laughs> you know they're gonna like try to come up with some reason for like yeah. w- it wasn't like actually me well that's why it was interesting for me having the final two of them because there is an extended sequence where first they're like after killing the last girl they run to sort of a i don't know room together and they're they're hiding or like they're just amped up and they're just like they want to get out of there and they're sitting there talking to each other. And there's some reason that um, the girl gets scared of her and then runs off. And there's this weird chase. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> did you hear that? Yes, I did hear that. <laughs> Lupe's coming for you. Damn um, dog. <laughs> oh that scared gosh. me more than the movie. Um, but the, they do have this extended chase sequence. Then it's suddenly daytime and then they, they face off each other again for this final, like, let me check your text type thing. And it felt like, okay, guys, the stakes on this situation is so low compared to the body count in this mansion right now that it's like, why are you so obsessed with solving this in this instance? Like, I just, if there are five dead people in the proximity of my, of my current residence, I'd be like a little bit more forgiving, I guess, of the, of the, uh, but I don't but think I don't think that's the point though. Like I think that part of the reason why they're like trying to figure out the text is also because at that point they are still worried that maybe the other one yeah. is the murderer. Like yeah. I I don't think that they were in the point of view that I was in during that where I was like, okay, obviously <laughs> Pete Davidson killed himself. I think they're like I mean, like Amanda Stenberg thinks that Maria Bakalova is like not who she says she is. She's been lying to her. Like, wh- like what? Where is she from? What is her backstory? Like, this is all a lie. And then the Maria Bakalova character is like, "Wait, were you cheating on me? Like, did you like sort of bring me to this house? Yeah. Like for some strange reason. Um. 
So I think that there's a lot of other things going on beside from just like, hey, were you cheating on me or not? Well, I just want to humble brag and say that maybe I've seen too many movies, but as soon as the guy was playing with the sword outside and Pete Davidson just left it on the pool deck, I was like, oh, <laughs> there was that's gonna happen <laughs> that's gonna come up well, and then I'm, when he stumbled against the mirror i was like this seems like he did this i had the i mean obviously like the chekhov sword was yes Important, i was like yeah. okay this sword is going to be used for something and then when his throat was slit with it i was like okay it was obviously slit with that sword but yeah. i wasn't sure if it had been slit by somebody else or him yeah I liked, I didn't mind it. Like, I don't think, even if you did guess at the beginning, like, I didn't feel like that robbed me of it. It was more, like, interesting to watch them continue to make just horrible, horrible choices that just exaggerated the problems. Not that I would have maybe been better. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't fault them for, you know, being triggered by a dead body. Um, You would be very bad in a... Horror, and a horror film I don't think I, like. I think if we were in a house together there would not be more dead bodies by the end of it okay like give me some credit here I really don't think it would come to that I I have to believe in myself that much yeah <laughs> I mean I don't think that you... like I maybe someone would stumble down the stairs and die or maybe if we got in a scuffle and, you know, people were wrestling around. I just, I wouldn't wrestle I mean, for a gun. That's I, that's rule number one. I don't think that you would, um, I don't think that you would, like, kill someone with a kettlebell. But I could sort of see a situation, I feel like, in which you, like, were very, like, nervous and panicky and, like, had a gun <laughs> and then, like, accidentally shot somebody. No, I would never handle a gun exactly because of that. The character I'm most likely to be is the sad girl who fall who does drugs and falls down the stairs and dies. I that would that's most likely me. Or actually most likely me is the um main girl. And and I just but she killed someone, so never mind. I I would be you would be I'd Pete be- Davidson and I would be the sad girl. <laughs> I think I would be honestly fairly good in a horror film situation just because I think that I am like pretty, I'm pretty low key in like not getting like, like, like this is obviously a very like different situation, but like if I get like lost or like if I'm in traffic or like those kind of like, I do not get riled up in any of those kind of situations. And also like, I like horror movies. Like I'm just somebody who I think Go with does the not you ride get that wave. super yeah. emotional, like in general about things. Yeah. So I think that I would be a good person to have if you were in like a horror situation or like a post-apocalyptic situation. I think that yeah. I, my strengths would really shine in that kind of position. See, I, if there is anything I don't like think supernatural, if there was anything scary, thing. I would be a hot mess. I would be so terrified. I do not like the supernatural stuff. I don't like I don't like that. 
Although maybe it would last but, longer in a supernatural setting because I feel like the person who's like, I don't believe in this is the one who gets killed earlier. Yes, that's true. Which I think would, I be, would be I would be rightfully afraid. I would be the hysterical person who's like, please, you have to get out of here. You have to get out of here. And then I would die a gruesome death and you would feel guilty for a minute no, about it. No, I would die first in a supernatural movie. Because Ugh, I'd be I don't like, want to be I'd the, be the one who's survivor. like, I'll go down to the basement. Like there's nothing down there. <laughs> Yeah, no, you'd be like, let's let's play with this demonic doll. Why not? I would yes. definitely be crying, throwing up, being like, I have to get out of here. I don't care if we're in the middle of nowhere. I'm gone. But yeah, in this situation, like in this situation, I feel like my first instinct wouldn't be, oh my gosh, there's a murderer loose and we're next. Like this isn't your usual slasher, you know, alone in the woods. Being yeah, no, vibes. we'd be trying to get the car running or whatever. Yeah. So I think I would have been able to handle this one a little better, but you're right. I, I have my weaknesses and it's it's a lot. But um, I also thought there were just like interesting, clever bits in here, like the fact that they make a point at the beginning to show that they have all these supplies for surviving a um, surviving the uh, hurricane, like a ton of flashlights. And they never use them except for one headlamp. They're all obsessed with their phones. Like they can't separate from and they use their phone flashlights more than anything. And I was like, girl, you got to preserve that battery life. I think like, glow honestly. sticks though was a good um, Oh yeah, that was choice. a nice touch. Honestly, everyone was doing good work. Everyone was believable in their different levels of fear and kind of trigger points and reactions. I loved the... Oh, what's her name? The one everyone loves, the the podcaster. Oh, Alice. Um, yeah. Yeah, Alice Rachel was great. Sennett. She was so watchable. I liked her vibe as like this perfect, nice friend, the only one who welcomed the two newcomers, the only one who was trying to keep the peace. And then it's turned on its head as like, oh, but I have all these irritations about everyone in this room and you guys all piss me off all the time and I can't stand you and how dare you turn on me type thing. Like I felt like that was such a – interesting and and all these characters except maybe amandala's were were really like rich and interesting and I thought believably complex character was pretty entertaining or was interesting too because the whole bit about how like her how like she's like lower class but then it turns out like oh no her like both of her parents are professors no that's or the other girl is that that's the yeah that's the other one that was the funny part is it's the girl with the gun, and she's like, "Oh, yes, and yes, 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 Alice yes, yes. is like, you want to pretend you're so, you're, you've come from nothing, but your parents were upper, upper middle class, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, they were professors at a public college. Yes, <laughs> it was very so funny. Wait, then Amanda's character, then she was, in she's just rehab. rehab. Yeah, okay. super rich. Her best friend was the. Um, Pete Davidson character so yes. they were similar circles but she was just like yeah this you know she's in recovery bless her heart but she's cheating on her girlfriend like I don't know I I had a struggle with liking her character in any sense whereas the other ones felt a little bit more believable and also why wouldn't you tell your friend like your girlfriend that there is some like, why would you bring your girlfriend there? And, like, the toxicity of not announcing that she's going but then bringing it – like, you know, that's just, like, red flag. <laughs> I mean, everybody was red flags because, I mean, like, they were all so oh, yeah. toxic and impulsive. I mean, just the fact that they regularly play a game where you go around and slap each other in the face, oh, yeah. I feel Awful. like just spoke 
volumes about them as human beings. Yeah, and Pete Davidson's character slash personhood was clearly the worst. Like he was so annoying, so insecure, so hyper-masculine and toxic and condescending. So he did a great job um, being the most annoying type of man on earth. Like it was just... (laughs) He was a little bit of a like... I felt like he was the one character who like w- felt less real to me. Yeah, it f- sort of felt like an SNL skit person. Yeah, but then I think once that's just because it's hard. I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> it's hard to separate the man from the character at this point. I think for him, yeah. Um, but the movie has done really well. I mean, it's on a, out on a slow sort of release. Strategy. Such a weird release. I don't understand it. I, like I said, it they. It was supposed to release a week ago. It was only showing in San Antonio for some reason, like in the four-hour vicinity around Houston. And then it came here, but it was only at one theater for the first week, I half think of the week. this is a smart release yeah, strategy. Yeah, maybe. I think, I mean, this is the release strategy that like Parasite, I feel like, also used, where yeah. you know that you have a hit on your hand because of word of mouth from the festivals early on. So you know that people are going to watch it. There's also like a, there's a mystery element to both of those movies that that's kind of like you have to go see it like soon. You have to see it right away, like in yeah. anticipation. These are not, both of those movies, I feel like we're not like, ah, you can wait and see it in streaming. Like it was very much like, oh, you should go see this as soon as it's out. Like I've had lots of friends who have gone and seen this who don't see a lot of movies in theaters. And, and I guess they did benefit off of three weeks of me. Yeah, mentioning it by name, and it's like, <laughs> and it's just like hyping the anticipation where you're like, oh shoot, like now my friends in New York are all talking about it, and it's so good, and I can't wait to see it. Oh, now my friends in Chicago are waiting, like, and you then are packing theaters like every week and making more money rather than opening it in a million places and not having like enough anticipation to have people in you know Toledo go see it on the first week. Okay, you're right. You're right. I can see I that. I think it's a good I, I can see that point. And it has a very good Rotten Tomatoes score. I think that because of the slow release and because there's nothing really coming out for the next couple of weeks, <laughs> this will easily be a successful movie in theaters until at least like sometime in September. If not, honestly, probably this will stay in theaters, I think, until Halloween because people will want to go see this for in October as well because it's a horror mm-hmm. movie. And that sounds far. I don't I mean maybe they'll re-release it, but I definitely could see them doing like screenings of this come yeah. October. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I honestly like that it, it's not even out yet. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly like that it wasn't it wasn't too gory, it wasn't too dark. Like it it clearly is a comedy. And even the actors were like who famously hate I think the main girl said she hated horror movies but when she read the script she realized oh this is just a comedy and i think that's a good perspective to go in with because it's not your usual like edge of your sea sort of trauma dumping <laughs> mm-hmm. so it worked yeah i think it was a fun time and i'll be excited to see what most of those actors do going forward and i guess yeah now i have a movie to tie lee pace to I'm excited for whatever Rachel Sennett's in next. I feel like I yeah. do want to watch Industry now because that's supposedly gotten good reviews. Yeah, um, that's interesting. What are we doing next week? I feel like there's nothing coming um, out. Well, there there's the fall. Are we going to do fall? <laughs> What's fall? 
Uh, it's a movie, um, another scary movie. Uh, it's about two like climbers who decide to climb this the world's like tallest phone tower or something in the middle what? of nowhere. I have never heard of this. Is it good? But then, but then they get stuck up there. And it's like, how do you get down and how do you survive? And so it's very, it's from the minds of the 47 meters down, that like Shark Tank movie. I, I have <laughs> no, not I don't think this. we're doing that. I think I, there's actually something coming I was going to say, try. I haven't heard of this once, which but, I feel like speaks <laughs> volumes. It's out in theaters now. So I haven't checked the, uh, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, but I'm sure it's honestly amazing. I'm just looking at the upcoming schedule, and truly, there is like nothing. The Woman King comes out September oh, 16th. Beast. And I feel like we've that's got the next to do thing. Beast. Okay, what Beast, Beast is the Idris Elba movie, uh, Safari Gone Wrong, Killer Lions. It's no. oh, family uh, survival. What you would love, these. Idris uh, Elba. This sounds terrible. Okay? This is the most you brand <laughs> movie. You love a movie with a weird creature killing people. I'm actually surprised this movie got made because there literally was one with almost this exact same premise last year with um, did anyone Megan Megan Fox um, where she was getting killed by an animal? Yeah, where she was there was a man-hungry lion on the loose and she had to rescue um like trafficked kids or something i need september to get here we, we don't worry darling uh, yeah i listen I, if there was something better we could do that you want to do pray like we can do pray late i love i could talk about pray. no you already talked about pray for 30 minutes on the pop culture roundup. i didn't we know it irritated you for... so much matthew I, I mean no it didn't it just i feel like i've seen i've watched the movie twice now at this okay point. okay well maybe there's like something on streaming wait we do, we haven't done an emmys episode have we no but you're out of town during the emmys right but we could do an emmys like nominees episode because we didn't do that we <laughs> normally do right just like old news make our predictions okay we'll do a we'll do an instagram I mean, if poll it's and that see or if having to watch that. a movie about someone falling off of a listen Matthew, you just or listen, fighting a listen tiger. i know i do the heavy li- lifting on scheduling the podcast making the spreadsheets getting our guests um but our best episodes are the ones where we have to watch trash okay we're the podcast about things people love to hate and hate to love. So we I have, have a to wedding remember this weekend, that. though. So I'm <laughs> ha- I'm working around. You know, I don't. Have, I have limited t- capacity to be watching these things. <laughs> okay. Well, the soon the more movies we do, the sooner we get to our 200th episode. That's true, and I am excited to get to that. <laughs> and so. and we have a bit of a rocky schedule coming up, where I will we will yeah. be on a week, then off a week, then on a week, then off a week. Uh, yeah, real drag. Uh, you got to get your social scene. Look, so sorry that booked. I have to go to the Toronto Film Festival <laughs> for work and Fire Island for not work. <laughs> is this your fourth Fire Island trip this year? This or? is my third Fire okay, Island trip, okay, but this third. is the only time I'm going for a full week. So, you know, it's a oh, little wow. different. Wow. I hope this you survive the, it. This is the real Fire Island trip. The Wait, other two when were do sort you of like get precursors. back? What do you mean? So what that week is the Emmy week or no, that's Toronto next. The end of this month is Fire Island. The yes. Labor Day weekend. The, okay, yeah. okay. No, yeah, the yeah, weekend yeah. before Labor Day. Weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Fire Island. Then nice. Labor Day weekend is former guest of the podcast Sierra's wedding. 
but I will be back to record that oh, weekend. Okay, perfect. And then the following <laughs> weekend is Toronto. Okay. Okay. We'll figure it out. We'll do some polls, uh, give the people what they want. Um, maybe if things get bad enough, you can watch the first and last episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. No, no, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Okay. I have to go. I I have to go. Yeah, it's late. Let's get out of here. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>